actually it's 76. <laughs> Got to keep this story straight. I'd like to wish something for all the young people here today. I hope that when you attain the age of 75 or, or 80, you are all real characters. Now, if you're going to get to be characters by 75 or 80, it will be absolutely necessary for you to start right now, because it'll probably take you a lifetime to get there. Now, by characters, I mean people who are vital, alive, knowledgeable, who've retained their sense of the ridiculous and their sense of humor, and I can think of nothing better to wish for you in your future. Now, the question comes of how you're going to get there. The first suggestion I have for you is that you be adventurous, not adventurous. There's a very great difference between an adventurer and a venturer. The adventurer is the man who comes with a sword and takes everything with armed men behind him. He leaves behind him devastation and a slave population. The venturer is the man who comes with his family and puts his own back into it. He cuts down the trees, he builds a cabin. He helps to form the government of the town. He votes at town meeting. He builds a church. He builds a school so that his children can learn to read and write, and in hopes that they will teach him also. He serves in the militia. He stands on the common at night to protect the town's cattle from raids. And when the day finally comes, and he's 42 years old, and that was a very, very old man in those days because everyone died when they were 35. On the morning of 19th of April in 1775, he picked up his musket and marched with Captain Miles' company of Minutemen to Concord Bridge. And he stood up to the whole British Army, then the greatest army in the world. I hope you'll be a venturer like him, that you will share in your town, you'll build your school, and when the time comes, you'll be ready to defend and stand up for those things which you believe in. It'll be a rough job. There'll be many things you'll have to do. Among them, almost of all, you'll have to do things. Go ahead and do it. I'm very proud of a young Lieutenant Junior Grade. He was ordered to a very small ship. The Navy thought it was too small to have a computer. So he took his own computer with him. Within a few weeks, he had all, his, all the files on his computer. He was getting all the reports out on time. He absolutely delighted everybody. When he was transferred, the captain had to buy his computer. The ship wouldn't work without it anymore. Then there was the young commander of a squadron who was ordered to take his squadron out to an aircraft carrier. He found that when he did, he'd have to leave the maintenance records of all his planes in the Naval Air Rework Facility. This didn't suit him at all. He wanted his maintenance records with him. So he went out and bought an apple. He went over to the NARF and he made friends with an ensign and a DP. And he liberated, borrowed, stole, copied all of his maintenance records out of the NARF and into his apple. Got a case for it, put it in the space behind his seat and flew off to the carrier with all of his maintenance records and a computer with which to process them. He came back and told about it at the Department of Defense Computer Institute. And somebody looked at him and said, you supposed to do that? And he said, I didn't ask. 
And so I would have one very important piece of advice for you. Do it. On many, many, many occasions, you'll find it's much easier to apologize than it is to get permission. The bigger the bureaucracy you're part of, be it company, politics, armed forces, or whatever, for the slowness of decisions, go ahead and do it. There's another youngster. He was an electronic technician first class out in the Pacific Fleet. He built a computer board ship. The PR man of his ship thought this was terrific, so he took a picture of the computer and the sailor and put it in Navy Times. Admiral Collins saw it. So he wrote a letter to the sailor and congratulated him. And he wanted to get to him quickly, so instead of sending it through all the channels, which have taken forever, he sent it direct through U.S. mail. So the sailor decided that the admiral could write him direct, he could write the admiral direct. And he did. And he thanked the admiral for his letter. He pointed out he didn't know admirals read Navy Times, but he was glad they did. He then went on for 10 pages, single-spaced, and told the Admiral exactly what was wrong with the computers in the Pacific Fleet and what ought to be done about it. Probably the best survey we'd ever seen. So the Admiral reached out his hand and said, ET-1 Slater, Pacific Fleet to Norfolk. Gave you some more ETs and some DPs, small amount of money. They built the computer in four months' time. Beautiful. They've been set up as a microcomputer evaluation group for the entire Navy. They've run every micro, all the software, they finally decided they really ought to share this information with the rest of the Navy. So they decided to run a seminar. Now, running a seminar in the Armed Forces normally takes a, two years of getting ready for it. You have to get papers signed and permission and stuff. They didn't bother with any of that. They went up and hired a local hall. They called up all the micromanufacturers and said, we'll let you exhibit your stuff, 100 bucks, and you better be there. They called their close friends and said, please come and speak, no cost to the government, of course, and put on this three-day seminar. They thought they might get 100 people. They had to cut it off at 300. Recently, they gave it out in Monterey. They thought they might get 300. They had to cut it off at 500. At the end of the first seminar, I walked over to Slater, he's now a chief, and I thanked him. And I pointed out that none of it would have happened if he had not written a letter to the Admiral. The motto is, do it. Of course, they've done one more thing now. Uh, you can't start a periodical in the government without the permission of your command and everybody else in OMB and 16 other people. But they decided they ought to have a periodical on microcomputers. So they're now putting out one out monthly. And you can tell it was my wonderful bunch of sailors that named it because it's called Chips Ahoy. <laughs> I want you to be like them. I want you to go ahead and do things with the anticipation that in due course of time you'll get to be really good characters and people will then begin to listen to you. I've been wandering across this country speaking at schools and colleges and associations all across the country. I find that today we have the finest bunch of young people we've ever had. When I graduated from school, I was the tallest in my class. I note that you are all taller than I am. And I'm quite sure a part of it is due to the fact that you've had very good vitamin pills, and I had to swallow tablespoons full 
of emulsified cod liver oil. <laughs> Dreadful stuff. You're the best we've ever had. Sure, I know some young people are no good and land in the papers, but they're a very small minority, and yet they're the ones we hear about. We don't hear about you often enough. I wish we heard about you more often, because you're the brightest and best we've ever had in this country. I think there's one thing you're looking for, though. You may not be aware of it. Many of the young people are not. The one thing you're looking for is positive leadership. We lost it somewhere in the last 30 years. We went all out for management. Everything could be done by management. We've got leadership. Leadership is a two-way street. It's loyalty up and loyalty down. Respect for your superior, keep him informed of what you're up to, and take care of your crew. For instance, in my case, I decided that taking care of my crew meant I should let them be able to get on their feet and give a report and not say you know. I put a little square box on the desk with a slot in it. If they said you know during a report, they had to put a quarter in. We didn't take the quarters, but it tied up their capital. And you'd be surprised how fast they all learned not to say you know. It worked. That was part of my job in taking care of my crew and building, building better young men and women for the Navy and for this country. I think we went too far on management alone and financial management alone. We forgot about leadership. If I had a Marine standing here beside me, what that Marine would say would be, when the going gets rough, you cannot manage a man into combat. You must lead him. And he would further add, you manage things. You lead people. It'll be your job to provide that leadership for those who come after you. Remember always, it's a two-way street, up and down. It doesn't just come from the man up at the top. It's two-way. We're having it again in the Navy. We're back to bell bottoms and white hats. Our chiefs are gonna run the Navy again, bring up the young officers, the young sailors, and we're going to move back to some things that we lost. I hope you'll help to bring it back to this country as a whole. I hope you will both receive and give good leadership.